Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 58 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. And Tom Dallas would be the home of the 2011 NBA champion Mavs, correct? That is correct. Thank you very much. In the last podcast, we looked at the idea of legal technologists and what it might take to become a legal technologist. In this episode, we discuss a big new announcement from Apple that has everybody talking and will definitely mean that cloud computing uh, won't be going away anytime soon as a buzz phrase we hear every day. Tom, do you want to tell them what we'll be talking about in this episode? Sure, Dennis. In this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report, we will discuss the iCloud and what it might mean for the future of cloud computing and I think, frankly, computing in general. In our second segment, we'll answer a question we've been thinking about lately. And as usual, we'll end with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can begin to use as soon as the podcast is over. But on to our first segment, uh, the iCloud. Two weeks ago, Apple announced its new iCloud service, and since then we've been trying to figure out exactly what it is, what it does, and what it might mean for the future of cloud computing. And like I said before, I, I think, I suspect, computing in general. Dennis, want to tell us a little bit about the announcement and your initial reactions to it? Yeah, it was a, a big announcement, uh, sort of a multi-part announcement from from Apple. And it's interesting how we've moved away from uh, focusing on the, the new version of Windows announcements and new versions of software as being the big technology announcements to to more of a, a certainly an Apple foca- focus and a, po- a focus away from, from PCs. So people are really interested in what's happening on iPhone. So Apple talked about iOS 5, the new version of their operating system called Lion. And and probably the big thing, which is which is iCloud, which um, in a sense is really Apple's newest approach to to the to the idea of cloud computing. And it's not here yet. It's going to come out really in the fall. And so we're you know reacting to it a little bit in advance. But it's certainly gotten a, a lot of talk. It's a little bit tricky to understand. And I and but I think that's potentially what will make it. Uh, Part of the reason is something that will make it more successful in a way, because I, I think those of us who are familiar with cloud computing have one reaction to it, where I think the the rest of people who aren't that familiar with cloud computing and really sort of focuses on uh, who focus on what is happening right in front of them are really going to appreciate it and have a new appreciation of of cloud computing without really needing to understand the background part of it. So, uh, I, I mean, I think the our understanding still, I always, I always say, Tom, it feels a little iCloudy to me at, at the moment, but, it, but it's really sort of, there are nine components to it, so it's a little bit confusing. So there's iTunes, there's a photo stream, there are documents, um, apps, books, backup, contacts, calendar, and mail that all will happen um, with all the different Apple devices, potentially with PCs, that will happen in the in the cloud. Um, Tom, I know that's a sort of a vague summary. Do you want to drill down a little bit into that? Sure. I mean, I think that that we're still learning more about it, and I think that it's going to evolve 
over time. I think your basic description is 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 good. It's it does it's designed to allow users to store their music, their photos, their applications, their documents, um, books, contacts, calendars, um, and and it's also going to serve as a platform for Apple's email servers and and calendars. Uh, I think every account is going to get five gigabytes of free storage. Uh, I, I one of the things that I think is the 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 most intriguing or one of the more intriguing things is that finally you're essentially going to have iTunes in the cloud which I'll will is not all of what iCloud is about but one that I think is certainly interesting and in that you'll have access to your music no matter what device you're on there's a service called iTunes Match uh, that for an additional charge per year, you can scan and match tracks in your current library, and it will let you download up to 25,000 songs in high-quality format to match any tracks that you already have uh, in any audio format in your library. Uh, all of of the iCloud comes with automated backup and synchronization of the data. Um, but unless, I think you said, but unless you're using a device that uses iOS 5 or a Mac... You're not going to be able to use it. Uh, it won't be available. Why it won't be available for folks with a Windows background? And I think that's where um, I, I, it, iCloud is more than just a. You know, when I describe the service to some people, they say, "Well, that sounds like Dropbox to me. It sounds like I can keep all my stuff in the cloud." So how is that different? And the way that I think it's different uh, is, and that it's not Google, and that it's not Dropbox, is that. Google only focuses, Google has an online storage system too. Google's Chrome operating system is designed to provide a, 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 a web-only uh, access of, to all of your data. Um, but it's only focusing on the web. Everything lives there and not on your computer. With Dropbox, you can access your files anywhere on any computer or in the cloud, um, but it's a harder task to do things like playing your music somewhere uh, on iTunes. It's more of a file management system. I think iCloud is going to be different because, like you said, it wants to be transparent. It wants to be something that the user doesn't notice. It, it's maybe a continua continuation of what Apple tries to do with all of its devices. Make it, make it magic. It's not so much that it's software that's up there, but it's native software that you have on your computer that's being backed up invisibly by the web. Um, would you say that's a, a reasonable description of it for you, Dennis? Yeah, I think that's great. And, and I just want to read a, a quote from from uh, Steve Jobs from his, his keynote, who because uh, he mentioned that uh, it really is a hassle. And it's frustrating to keep all your information, content, uh, you know, all synchronized and up-to-date on all your devices. So he says, iCloud keeps your important information and content up-to-date across all your devices. All of this happens automatically and wirelessly. And because it's integrated into our apps, you don't even need to think about it. It all just works. And that's what I think is really intriguing because there was that initial reaction of people saying, oh, so Google Apps has done this, Dropbox has done this, Apple isn't really doing anything new. But I think that's for those of us who have a, a sense of what cloud computing is and the, the whole cloud model, we have one set of reactions. But I think for the the rest of people – it becomes a much simpler focus. And, and so you say, I don't have to think about what's going on in the background. I don't have to synchronize. I don't have to go to my browser and go to one, you know, a web page uh, from each of my different devices. 
I'm using these apps and stuff just happens. And I, and I think that's really going to be the key to it. So uh, it's a, a way we've sort of abstracted from the underlying technology of cloud computing. So I don't have to really understand that. But what I do understand or how the impact it has on me and the example I like to use is what they're doing with photos. And so the idea is that I'll be able to take a photo, say, on my iPhone, and it will automatically be available from my other devices. So my iPad, uh, you know, my Mac, like I said, I don't know whether it's, it's going to stay just an Apple only environment. Um, but you know, potentially all my devices will have that picture and I don't have to synchronize. I don't have to connect to something. I don't have to upload to a web page to make it available and then download to other devices. It's all happening sort of, uh, automatically. And I think that's the cool part. There's, there was a great stat that came out that said the people who take iPhones in to, to be worked on in the Apple stores, they found that 50% or so have never synchronized that device with iTunes. So they haven't updated, they haven't really taken advantage of this. And so the idea with the iCloud, um, those things are going to happen in the background is I think what's really intriguing. And to compare to, to Google, Tom, I'm kind of interested in your feeling about this is that notion of saying this is going to happen seamlessly with apps and in the background is a bit different than the idea of the cloud approach of Google, which says you're going to be in the browser and you go into certain web pages and those become the central places. So it's sort of like a decentralized uh, app-based approach in iCloud versus a centralized browser-based approach uh, with Google. No, I agree with you. I think that Google Google is definitely taking a different approach to how it's going to do it. And like I said, they're focusing only on the web. They're selling lots of Chrome OS web books right now, but um, all of your data lives in the cloud. And, and I guess to a certain extent, it's it's similar. You log in and all your data is there and you should be able to interact with it the same way. It's just that you'd be interacting with it primarily through a browser rather than through an app. And uh, I think that the the idea that Apple is going for here is who cares where your stuff is as long as it's right there on all your devices when you need them? Uh, where do, and, and I guess we'll get to that in just a little bit about I would imagine that some lawyers care where their stuff is. And so we'll, we'll, we'll address that in just a second. But I want to actually open up and, and think about this a little bit differently um, and, and quote another uh, uh, sentence that uh, Steve Jobs uh, mentioned during his announcement. And, and he said during that announcement, we're going to demote the PC and the Mac to just be a device, just like an iPad, an iPhone, or an iPod Touch. We're going to move the hub of your digital life to the cloud. And I've been reading a lot about it online, and a lot of technology gurus and pundits have been talking about it. And I think there is some consensus, there is some thought out there that what Steve Jobs is trying to do <laughs> is, uh, I, I read somewhere, sacrificing the Mac to kill Windows. Uh, it's it's Apple's move to replace the PC and the Mac um, in that in that. Uh, iCloud has the you know the potential to be just like Google Chrome that so that the operating system is uh, in the cloud. I think that is a very intriguing idea, uh, and, and whether that's actually going to happen with the debut of the iCloud, I don't know. Dennis, do you think that Apple may be trying to wean us away from the 
PC or Mac model? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's, I think, some element of that. I mean, that's intriguing. I actually heard it uh, put a different way, which I think makes more sense. It's, it's a recognition that we're in a transition period from the, the PC keyboard mouse era to a touch computing era. And iCloud is part of the technology that transitions us between those two eras. Um, which I, I guess, you know, you can flip that around and say, yeah, it is that, that means we're moving away from Mac and, and Windows to, to something else. And, and there's definitely a sense that, um, you know, iOS 5, which is the iPhone iPad operating system and in the, the Mac operating system are coming closer together. People have already been talking about Windows 8 might be the last really big version of Windows as it, as we sort of, um, move toward a more standardized operating system that realizes devices, phones, all these things are, are coming together. So I, uh, I, it does feel that there is a transition and the cloud computing stuff is out there. I mean, we've been talking about it for, for years, but it is, um, I think it could be one of, it, to me, it's, it's one of those Apple, potentially one of those Apple things where you'd say, Oh yeah, there were always audio players, you know, before the iPod and oh, there were mobile phones before the iPhone and there were tablets before the iPad. But somehow Apple has, is able to kind of time it right and to make it easy because, and I think it's always been my experience with Apple is that you're able to focus on the stuff you want to do and get done and not so much on the technology. And, and that could cause a separate Operation that we sort of see between Android users and the iPhone users already that people who really like technology and to dig into it tend to gravitate in the, that Android area are, are disappointed with Apple and other people say, hey, I just want to get stuff done. I don't really have to know so much as what's going on behind there. I don't want to configure, you know, my network configurations and all this sort of stuff to be on the, on the cloud. Say, I like this Apple approach because things happen seamlessly and automatically. Well, and, and, and let's talk about that a little bit further because with that seamless and automatic, uh, features that, that we may have, and I agree with you, I like, I like how that works. I like the idea of having everything that I need. And I, when I talk these days on, on the iPad, uh, Teak speaking about Dropbox, I say I have every document that I need right there on my iPad, no matter where I go. I, I like that idea a lot. It's very intriguing to me, but, the lawyers that I talk to are not so intrigued when they think about having confidential client information there and, and doing other things. And so I think that there is a question we still have to answer here is that if, if we are moving to the idea of the iCloud, where everything is going to ultimately live somewhere other than on a server that we own, um, what what types of security issues are we going to need to think about? Dennis, what are your thoughts on some of the security issues? And then I'll chime in. Yeah, I mean, I think those those are the huge issues um, as we think about cloud computing, and and you can come out in different ways. You know, I, you know, I always say look at the security that people have with their PCs and their own internal networks these days. It's not a lot of times it's nothing to to brag about. Um, and in the cloud computing model, you might be in a much um, much better place. But I, I and stepping back for a second, I also start to say, well, this. The iCloud brings up a lot of themes that Tom, you and I talk about, which are, you know, mobile platform, anywhere, anytime access, uh, and and also this notion that our personal technology is going to force the evolution of our work technology. So you say, yeah, there's security issues and all those sorts of things, but once I get used to having a document um, 
on every device that I want. Once I get used to saying I'm reading a, a, an, an ebook, and no matter which device I'm on, I'm on the same page. I can pick it up. You know, I can do all those things. Then it's, it's going to be my work that becomes the cumbersome thing, and the thing doesn't fit into my technology environment. Because I'm going to say, wait, how do I get? I can't access this document. I have to go through these hoops. It's only on one device, versus the rest of my world where everything is available everywhere. And so I think that security, being as it is, a trade-off between you know ultimate security versus convenience. I think that convenience factor is going to enter into you know how how we look at security and that lawyers might might be outliers in this and that the rest of the world may move in this direction in a big way and lawyers if they try to do something different will f- find themselves potentially in in an outlier position that uh you know might be it might be a little hard to work with but in in your world also time i say not just security but your world of uh of e-discovery records management i mean this just opens whole new doors and, you know, tons of new questions as to, you know, where is data living? How do we, how do we capture things? How do we freeze data at a moment in time when it's, you know, either in the cloud or on different devices? So it's, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a brave new world out there. I, I think you're absolutely right in terms of security. I think that, um, that, that lawyers are going to, that, that lawyers risk becoming the outliers if they worry about the idea of security more than the idea of accessibility. But I will say that I think that that there's a potential there. I think that there's a, an opportunity for lawyers to maybe help drive uh, the innovation in these areas and, and make sure that these things are sufficiently secure. You know, there is, I was reading an article about whether the iCloud was was secure and whether it was going to be secure. And the, and the person who was giving the opinion said that, well, most Apple uh, products uh, have been have been resistant to hacking, unlike Sony and some of the other companies that you might have seen. But I, I, I argue that that's just because nobody's tried it against Apple yet. Apple doesn't have sufficient share of the market for that to become an attractive enough target. At least that's that's my opinion on that. And so I, I think that I, I, I think what I work about is that lawyers will ask the security questions first rather than try it out a little bit on on data that is not confidential or not something that they they, they worry about if they lose. I, I think that any lawyer who goes and just tries it um, is going to find some use for it, whether they're storing confidential information there or not. Um, but I think that at, at the end, you're going to have lawyers who are going to be demanding uh, that appropriate security measures are taken. And I, and I hope that uh, to the extent that some of these companies aren't providing those services, that they follow along and do provide these services. I, I do think that a lot of them have good security that, uh, that, these, that lawyers in general have to understand better than they do right now and, 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 and learn about. But uh, I think that we're still a ways down the road from that. One take us out uh, on this topic with a few final thoughts, Dennis? Yeah, I mean, one thought on the security side is that probably we're all moving to a more encrypted era, uh, you know, era 
Um, so some of that will have an impact on, on security as, as well. I'm just really intrigued by the notion that, um, that we're moving away from a PC era to maybe a touch device era. And, and I also feel that, you know, once, when you think about it, if you say, here's the possibility that I can, um, you know, take a picture and have it appear on all my devices without synchronizing. That all my music can be available where I'm at. That I can pick up a, an ebook in in mid sentence and on different devices as I move around. Um, I think that's really attractive, and I, I just feel that we're you know it's another case of where what we're experiencing at home, what we're used to outside the work, is going to drive what we want to see in the workplace. And so, uh, you know, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen right away, but I would say over the next couple of years, the, the, the whole iCloud is going to make cloud computing more acceptable. We'll see more advances on the device side. Apps will become more important. And so it does seem like it is, uh, um, the iCloud announcement does seem like it's worthy of, of all the, uh, all the, all that we're hearing about it at this point, even though it's a couple months away. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and Clio, online practice management for attorneys at goclio.com. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack takes a look at the process of moving to the cloud. Now, how long does it take to move to the cloud, and is it a difficult process? No, with most cloud computing providers, moving uh, your data into the cloud is something that takes just minutes, not hours or days to do. You can get signed up and running with most services in just a few minutes. And uh, even if you have an existing, uh, a legacy set of data that you want to migrate to a a web-based practice management system like Clio, there's migration tools and migration services that we're able to offer to ease that process. So most firms can be up and running to the cloud in less than in the cloud in less than five minutes and can have their data imported uh, in a matter of hours or days. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. If you like listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, you might also like the podcast, Law Technology Now on LegalTalkNetwork.com. And welcome back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. We always encourage questions from our audience, and we have another one today. Well, not exactly from a reader, but we thought it was a great question we wanted to answer. So Paul Kodrowski on his blog asked, what great technology wow moments have you had? Uh, We thought it'd be fun for us to try to answer that in this segment. Uh, Tom, what are your wow moments in technology as as you think through the years? And, And maybe have you had any of those wow moments lately? Well, I, you know, I can only really think about I, – I, I can think about longer than, than five years ago. His blog post asks, what were your great wow moments in the past five years? And, and not to sound like a broken record, but I've pretty much talked about them already in this podcast. And I would say that it has a lot to do with the iOS, the, the Apple's operating system. So that would include both the iPhone and 
the iPad, just the ability to do those types of things on a mobile platform that you were unable to do previously. And I, and I guess I would include just the smart form, smartphone platform. Uh, I think that, that, would, that that's included also, the ability to do all those things on a small device, a mobile device that you previously needed to have either a laptop or a big computer to do really is a wow moment for me. I, I guess uh, if we're going back in time, it would still be the smartphone. It would store, or not so much the smartphone, but it would be the Trio. The Trio was my wow moment from the early 2000s. And I was just amazed at all the things that I could do on that that I couldn't do otherwise. That was a true, uh, a true uh, groundbreaking moment for me in terms of technology. But if we're talking in terms of really true wow factor, I would have to say that it's Dropbox. Uh, security issues and encryption issues aside, the simplicity of Dropbox and the ability of it to provide access to your files no matter wherever you happen to be, no matter what device you happen to be using, uh, the ability to share those documents with other people just at the flick of a switch, and the ability to, to basically... Uh, download and upload content into your Dropbox from hundreds of apps on both the iPad and the iPhone makes it really one of the most amazing tools I've used in the past couple of years. Dennis, how about you? You know, for me, there's there have been a you know a number of of wow things, and when I when I first thought about that question and, and I read the the post, it seemed like a lot of people were saying the iPhone and and. You know, I'm a relatively new iPhone user, but I really see that as it is a wow device in the way people use it and, and the ability it gives people to go right on the internet. You have a question, um, you know, you're looking for a restaurant, boom, you get, you get an answer on the internet and your whole approach to what you can do is really different. I mean, I go back to me, I, when I think about, uh, the wow stuff, you know, other than the internet itself, um, HTML, when I first found that and started to, to play around with it and do my own web page and see with HTML, I could do all all these cool things, whether I had them up on the web or or not. That that was one RSS time, as you know, was just one of the biggest things that I ever ran into and it's still so important to Agreed. me is, is my way of, of dealing with information. I remember the first time I saw, uh, we, we, we've always joked about it through the, through the years, uh, Bob Wiss and I, but when I first saw the, the program case map, it was just amazing, you know, to me, uh, what that could do for, for, for lawyers. So I, I think there's, there's a bunch of things, but I, what I realized as I thought about this question, um, and I don't know, maybe this is a, a little bit different for, for you, Tom, because you, I, I think you like gadgets a bit more than I do, but I, it, to me, it's sort of like internet based things, software, are what really gets me. And, and so the iPhone is kind of interesting because it's, it's really a device that's, that's attracted my attention. Um, although my new MacBook Air also is, is a, is a really cool thing being so light, so thin. And so, um, it just seems so stable and strong and, and fast. And so it, it, that may creep up the list, but the, the big one for me are, are, you know, like HTML, RSS, uh, were just really uh, in some ways life changing for me. Gee, you made me you made me want to rethink my wow moments because I really had wow moments too with with not only RSS but also case map. Those are two those are two good choices. Before we go on to our parting shots, uh, let's have a word from firm manager from LexisNexis, a leading provider of information and business solutions. 
Try it out free at myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Thanks for tuning into our program today. We want to let you know about something extraordinary happening in the legal industry. Right now, hundreds of independent attorneys just like yourself are working to bring a very special product to market. These attorneys are part of a development program at LexisNexis, and they are working under NDA on a brand new application that will change the way you run your practice. This solution, LexisNexis Firm Manager, is a web-based, highly secure application operating in SAS 70 Type 2 attested data centers. If you are interested in test driving LexisNexis Firm Manager at no charge, or to learn more, visit www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Need to reach lawyers on the go? Try marketing with new media here on Legal Talk Network. We can start the conversation for you. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and shoot us an email or call us at 781-551-9960. And now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation that you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. My parting shot this week is a post from Seth Godin's blog, Godin, Godin, I think it's Godin's blog. Um, he always has fantastic content, but uh, one of his posts uh, about a week or so ago, he, he, he posted a checklist on email, and uh, the, 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 the top of that list says, before you hit send on that next email, perhaps you should run down this list just to be sure. Now, it's 36 questions to ask before you hit send on the email. So I don't recommend going through the checklist every single time that you uh, send an email, but it has great, uh, it has great things to think about when you're sending email. The tips are very valuable. So it starts out with, is it going to just one person? Uh, if it's going to a group, have you thought about who's on the list? Are they blind copied? Did everybody on the list really and truly opt in? Uh, not like sort of opt in, but did they really ask for it? Uh, lots of good questions to ask before you hit send on that email. Uh, I've got a bit.ly link to it. If you just go to bit.ly slash JIL76H, then you can get to uh, Seth Godden's email checklist. Dennis. You know, Tom, I, as you just gave that Bitly link, I'm thinking I should give Bitly as as my parting shot because of the URL I'm going to have to try attempt to say in a second here. But um, I, I want to – I guess it's come, been out for a little while, but um, ABA Tech Show 2011, the, uh, one of the things they do is they go around after you're done speaking and they collect the, the actual slides used by the speakers. So not the stuff that people turn in two months ahead of time, but the actual slides they use. And then they put those up on, on the web and uh, those have become available um, and so it's worth uh, taking – there's good content there. So I, if you want to get like an overview of certain technology topics or see how people present things, if you're a presenter yourself and you want to see how other people, the approaches they take, um, really good stuff there um, and, and, a, and a really good resource for a lot of people. So let me try to say this. It's Dennis, www. I, Dennis, Dennis, hold yeah. up. I did, a, I did a bit.ly link for you while, we, while oh, you were awesome. talking. Awesome. So awesome. here's your bit here, here's your bit.ly link for that. It's bit.ly slash J N G I U D. 
That's all lowercase, J-N-G-I-U-D, and that'll get you to the PowerPoint page. Great resource. Awesome. And that's a, and, and what a, we can give a better tip about Bitly than just that example right there. Exactly. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Information on how to get in touch with us, as well as links to all the topics we discussed today, uh, is available on our show notes wiki, which, again, is still down. It will be up, we promise, soon. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network site or on iTunes. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming episode topics, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network, the premier online legal media network. Get an early start on joining the iCloud by subscribing to this podcast in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.